in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, folks, good afternoon. Right now it's 106 and you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Uh, this portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Folks, a delicious food, uh, drinks, sit out on that nice deck. They're waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Right now, if you're listening, just think. You could be right there enjoying yourself. Uh, pop by. In fact, at <clears throat> the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. I want to get to uh, some of the news of the day. Now, listen, we have to deal in reality. We can't ignore things as they're happening. Uh, I know some people, there's a lot of misinformation, speculation going out there. President Trump indicated he invoked the Fifth Amendment. His decision to do that, we'll have more on that tomorrow with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Uh, a lot of people are anxious to try to have, you know, bombshells on this and this happened and that happened. And let's let's try to deal in facts. Let's not if there are people don't even talk about it. if we don't talk about it. It doesn't mean it's going away. It doesn't mean it's going away if we don't talk about it. You shouldn't even talk about it. I'm not even watching you. you I can tell you who is watching it. They're watching it. Team Trump is watching all the coverage of it, without question. <clears throat> so some people that want to live that way, you, again, you can live whatever way you want, but it, it doesn't mean it's – now, He listen, he had – the Team Trump had success with the, the primary that were yesterday. I want to play – this is the GMA piece – regarding uh, the latest on President Trump. Of Donald Trump's influence over the Republican Party. And these primary results are another reminder of how the former president is tightening his grip. So let's start in Wisconsin with one of the most watched races of the night, the Republican primary for governor. Trump and his own vice president, Mike Pence, had dueling endorsements. But it was the Trump-backed candidate, construction CEO Tim Michaels, that became the projected winner. He has pushed Trump's false claims about the 2020 election. He has even not even ruled out trying to decertify the results. He will go on to face the Democratic governor, Tony Evers, in November. And in Washington, a major defeat for one of the 10 House Republicans that voted to impeach the former president. Congresswoman Jamie Herrera-Butler has officially conceded her race. She is now the third House Republican that voted to impeach that has lost their primary. In Minnesota, it was a win for progressives. Congresswoman Ilhan Omar survived her Democratic primary, fending off a more moderate challenger. And in Vermont, the state now has its eye on history. After Tuesday's results, they are on a path to send a woman to Congress for the very first time, Cecilia, the midterms now just 90 days away. You know, this also um, shows just how insane it is, how late our primary is, right? I mean, that that is what's, what's really, really um, ridiculous in my mind is the fact that we still have our primary September 13th. I mean, you, that, that, that just makes no sense at all. Uh, but it's done for a reason because the feeling was 
with Republican primaries that they would have less time to kind of regroup. So they feel the advantage would would be with the Democrat. That's one of that is the reason. Now they can say, well, people don't pay attention in the summer and in the fall, excuse me, in the spring. They are still up at the state house, and so that's not fair, and blah, blah, blah. But um, but the, the, the fact of the matter is this, the, the, having this, let alone if there's something that goes wrong with it, by the way. What if, in fact, as I think, there's going to be some problems with the vote count here? I absolutely think there's going to be some problems with the, the vote count. So I, I don't think this thing goes... Um, exactly how the vote's going to go as people think. I want to play. This is the latest now on the FBI search with uh, the home of President Trump. This morning with some new information surrounding that FBI search of former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. Yes, we're learning more about how it all went down. Agents arrived on the scene at about 9 a.m. on Monday and were there until 6.30 at night, a nine and a half hour search. The former president's lawyer saying officials took about a dozen boxes from the site. Meanwhile, with just 90 days until the midterms, there are new questions this morning about what happens next and what the political fallout We've got it all covered for you this morning, starting with NBC's Chief White House correspondent Kristen Welker in Washington. Kristen, good morning to you. Craig and Chanel, good morning to both of you. Former President Trump will be facing more legal scrutiny today. He will for a deposition and a different investigation with the New York State Attorney General's office. The AG looking into whether Mr. Trump and the Trump organization misstated financial information on official documents. It comes as the fallout intensifies over that unprecedented search at his Florida property. Overnight, in a show of force, a group of House Republicans having dinner and posing with former President Trump at his home in New Jersey. One of the congressmen who attended speaking out overnight. I've never seen President President Trump as fired up as what he was tonight. It comes amid dramatic new details about the FBI's move to execute a search warrant at Mar-a-Lago, Mr. Trump's Florida estate. A lawyer for Mr. Trump, Christina Bob, tells NBC News his legal team had been discussing records stored at Mar-a-Lago since this spring. The news was first reported by the Washington Post, which also said federal authorities were increasingly concerned. Mr. Trump or his aides had not returned all day documents that were government property, citing people familiar with the discussions. On Monday, Bob said the FBI removed about a dozen boxes from a basement storage unit. They also um, said that they were, they were looking for classified documents, evidence of a, a crime as far as classified documents go. It comes as the former president and his allies are escalating their attacks on the FBI, claiming without evidence that the investigation is politically motivated. We're a nation that has weaponized its law enforcement against the opposing political party. It's like what we thought about the Gestapo. Former Vice President Mike Pence, who has broken with Mr. Trump publicly, is urging Attorney General Merrick Garland to give a full accounting of the search. The Justice Department is not commenting. The search warrant remains under seal, meaning details about what agents sought to remove from the residence are still secret. But experts say investigators had to meet a high bar to carry out the unprecedented search. The FBI can't get a search warrant unless it establishes probable cause to believe that a crime has been committed. 
a federal crime. And such a sensitive move so close to the midterm elections would almost certainly have to go through the highest levels of the Justice Department, including the usually cautious Attorney General Merrick Garland. Trump allies now saying it may have made the former president more fired up to run again. I believe he was going to run before. I'm stronger in my belief now. Now, as for that congressman who attended that dinner, Jim Banks, he said Mr. Trump seemed poised to soon announce for run for president. And I've been talking to allies of the former president who are arguing this search at his Florida home could actually re-energize some of his supporters and even some of his detractors. Still, the optics of the FBI search are also casting a pretty big cloud. Craig. Now, I um, folks, good afternoon. Right now, it's uh, 114 and you're listening to the John DePietro show. On AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Um, I'm going to go with, I heard a good comment made that I, I I don't, I don't see a win here. I don't see a win. Because the people that were good, that are are fired up, I, I don't know if they needed to be more fired up. See, I, I look at it as, do you get any new votes out of it? And I think the answer is no. It was independents and moderate Democrats that put him in the White House. It was independents and Democrats that got tired of a lot of the negative coverage, granted, much of it unfair, that knocked him out of the White House. I think we need to learn more about it. And I think, and as I've said, I've, I've kind of taken, gone back a little bit on this simply because there's more that we don't know than know. If people are getting excited that there are cameras in Mar-a-Lago, then as opposed to what? Is that a, like a surprise to people? But I thought the Wall Street Journal... I'm going to go along with them. Because I, listen, Monday night, it broke 6.30. Yeah, between 6.30 and 7 o'clock, when we learned that the raid had taken place, like many of you, it's, a, it's just, it's an, it's an unmoored feeling. Untethered. It, uh, it's certainly not a positive feeling. It, it felt odd. Still does. I can imagine for them. Must feel like they were broken into. Violated, as some people were saying. But I'm going to go with, first of all, I'm not jumping on this whole deep state, all the FBI is bad. I, I, don't, I don't believe that. That has not been my experience by any stretch. But I'm going to go with the, the Wall Street Journal, the FBI's dangerous search at Trump's Mar-a-Lago. Merrick Garland is taking the U.S. down a perilous path. If this turns out to be a fishing expedition, I think it's very, I agree, it's very dangerous. They write, Monday's unannounced FBI search of Trump's Mar-a-Lago home isn't a moment for anyone to cheer. The Justice Department is unleashing political furies they can't control and may not understand. And the risk for the Department of the Country are as great as they are for Mr. Trump. As everyone knows by now, an FBI law enforcement action of this kind against a former American president is unprecedented. 
Monday search needed a judicial warrant in service of probate cause and a criminal probe. The Justice Department has provided few details beyond what has been leaked to reporters. So it's hard to judge what the FBI was looking for. The media leaks say the search is related to potentially mishandling of classified documents or violations of the President's Presidential Records Act. If that's true, then the raid looks like prosecutorial overkill and a bad mistake. Document disputes are typically settled in negotiation. And that's how Mr. Trump's disagreement with the National Archives had been proceeding. Mr. Trump had already returned 15 boxes of documents, but the National Archives want to know if the former president retained classified material he shouldn't have. This is what appears to have triggered the FBI search. But it's far clear from why this can be settled cooperatively, or at least at most with a subpoena. Didn't someone at Justice point out that a search in this case would draw comparisons to Hillary Clinton's mishandling? of classified information before the 2016 presidential campaign. She was never prosecuted, as Trump was quick to point out, unless Mr. Trump's offense involves a serious risk to national security. Half of America may see the Trump search as an example of unequal justice. I 100% believe agree with that. This may not be the full FBI story, the, the Wall Street Journal writes. Multiple media reports suggest... Justice has opened a grand jury probe into the events of January 6th. And Mr. Trump may be a target of that investigation. House committee investigating January 6th has been cheering for a prosecution. And the political media pressure is intense on Attorney General Merrick Garland to indict Mr. Trump. The FBI search may be a fishing expedition to find evidence related to January 6th. On the public evidence so far, a January 6th indictment would be a legal stretch. Political responsibility isn't the same as criminal liability. In our view, the evidence would have to show that Mr. Trump was criminally complicit in that day's violence at the Capitol. Given its inherently political nature, the burden of proof is especially high for indicting a former president. All the more so for an administration in the opposition party. As the Wall Street Journal writes, folks, the evidence had better be overwhelming and not merely enough to convince a 12-person jury in the District of Columbia, but enough to convince a majority of the American public, like 75 million Then there's the fraught history between President Trump, the FBI, and justice. The Russian collusion probe was a fiasco of FBI abuse and process and public deception. Current FBI Director Christopher Wray was Mr. Trump's choice to succeed the disastrous James Comey. But the Bureau still has a serious credibility problem. That the Mar-a-Lago raid occurred... 90 days from a national election, midterm, also increases the political suspicion. Democrats want to keep Mr. Trump front and center in the midterm campaign, which is why the January 6th committee is continuing into the autumn. 
Anyone who thinks an indictment and trial, Mr. Trump, would go smoothly is in for a rude surprise. Millions of his supporters will see this as vindication of his charges against, quote, the deep state. And who knows how they'll respond? Has Garland considered all of this? Worse, in the long term, is the precedent being set in the payback likely to inspire? Once the Rubicon, Rubicon of prosecuting a former president has been crossed, especially if the alleged offense and evidence are less than compelling, every future president will be a target. William Barr, Trump's second attorney general, wisely resisted pressure to indict political actors without a very strong case. The next Republican AG will not be as scrupulous. Democrats might also be wrong in their calculation how a prosecution would affect Trump's future. The FBI search alone makes it more likely President Trump will run again for president, if only to vindicate himself. He'll run as a martyr. And even Republicans want to turn the page on the former president may be repelled by what they see as a political prosecution. All of this risks compounding the baneful pattern of the last six years. Mr. Trump's accused of violating political norms, sometimes fairly, sometimes not. And the left violates norms in response. Polarization increases, public faith in institutions, and the peaceful settlement of political differences erodes further. The FBI search on Mr. Trump suggests Mr. Garland may be committed to pursuing and indicting Mr. Trump. If so, listen to this, folks. He's taking the country on a perilous road. There's much ruin in a nation, but no one should want to test the limits of that ruin in America. Wall Street Journal editorial op-ed, I think, completely on the money. And um, I, I, um, we, we, I mean, I hate to say, and I don't like the expression, so we'll see. We're going to have to wait and see. You know, Donna Perry was right when she said that they better have something. Um, Some other pieces in the Wall Street Journal. At Mar-a-Lago, the FBI tries presidential meddling again. You know, the whole thing with Comey and Hillary was not good. It's also a piece, again, folks, you know... It's by Gerald Baker. The not ready for primetime Republicans. The problem with Mehmet Oz, Herschel Walker, Blake Masters isn't that they are experienced. It's their ideas in association with the president. These are high profile individuals. And some of it I, I agree with that. Like I never thought Herschel Walker was a good idea. He may end up winning. But I never thought that that was a good idea. Just if you study the guy a little bit. Dr. Oz discovering discovering that peddling quack conservatism to Pennsylvania voters is much harder than peddling quack medicine to a television audience, especially when you're from New Jersey. Herschel Walker is struggling to translate his football talents into a coherent case being conservative or anything. And Arizona's Blake Masters isn't your typical celebrity unless you move in very rarefied circles in Palo Alto. But he's a new face. He's facing an uphill battle. Against former astronaut Mark Kelly. J.D. Vance seems to be faring a little bit better in Ohio, but a talented chameleon will always find a home where he can fit in. 
Um, I, I, I have said from the beginning, see, the, now the problem is in for a penny, in for a pound. They are the Trump candidates. Well, the only problem is we need to see Trump approval ratings with independents who will vote in these general elections. I think so. Pace of inflation eased in July as energy energy cost drops. I mean, all right, so the price of gas is going down, but why did it have to go down so low? Now, big question here is Trump declines to answer questions in New York Attorney General probe. Declined to answer questions, deposition in the civil fraud investigation of his financial dealings. That's not a major, major story. Seems to be more of some of his financial dealings with the company. But the search of Trump home prompted by concern over classified records. That is one, again, like everyone else. It was conducted two months after Trump lawyers met with Department of Justice officials. Concern over sensitive documents. My initial reaction to this is, I, I for the life of me, what, why does he even have these documents to begin with? What are they, mementos? It's not a picture of him with, you know, whatever. On a foreign trip, coming off the Air Force One. I, I don't understand why he would have any of it, as a matter of fact. Federal agents searched his home. They believe additional classified information remained at the private club after the National Archives retrieved more than a dozen boxes from the resort earlier this year. I don't understand how he, why he has them and why he left with them. There's something wrong with the system. Why is he leaving? Like, I don't understand why in the first place he would even have them. I don't, think we, I don't think we should be arguing whether or not they had the right to go in searching for them. I, I don't even know why he would have them in the first place. President Trump was in New York at the time, as the resort is mostly dormant during the summer months. The FBI met U.S. Secret Service employees Monday outside of Mar-a-Lago, alert them they were executing the warrant. After the search, the federal agents hauled away 10 more boxes. Extraordinary law enforcement, unprecedented action came two months after Justice Department lawyers, including an official who supervised investigations involving classified information, visited the residence seeking more information about sensitive material that had been taken there from the White House. Now, I'm going to agree with everyone else. I don't understand why, if they went there and they found what they consider to be classified information, I don't know why they didn't remove it then. But again, that put that on the list of questions that we don't have the answer to. Monday's hour, were they nine hours there? Escalation of federal investigation began earlier this year. How classified documents ended up in boxes discovered at Mar-a-Lago. The Justice Department had been looking into the president's handling of official records as well as his actions around January 6th. Trump denied wrongdoing, blah, blah, blah. FBI executing a warrant. Predicated on belief there may be evidence of a crime, unclear how the investigation may progress, whether prosecutors are considering bringing any charges against President Trump. Legal historians could not recall another case which the FBI searched the home of a former president. You know, I, again, I also don't. Um, we'll find out. Now, most of the time, I'm not going to speak for him, but Attorney Tim Dodd, when we have him on, he normally, and we'll have him on tomorrow, would say that 
that is exactly that they don't say anything about an investigation. Folks, how about also this bizarre story? Department of Justice charged Iranian national and Iran's Revolutionary Guard alleged murder plot of John Bolton, likely in retaliation for General's death when Trump was president. So they were going to try to kill John Bolton. How about that? I, I don't know what to make of that. Um, New York City Council held a special hearing. Buses of asylum seekers arrived in New York City, sent by Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Good for him. And a lot of people are cheering that it was a big day for Governor Raimondo with the semiconductor production. She was right there. She was right there. She's getting high marks for that. Don't count her out. I want to play. This is Dan Abrams with um, World News Tonight with David Muir last night talking about the FBI search. I think this was um, a pretty good piece. Abrams also with us tonight. You heard this pressure uh, mounting on the Department of Justice. We have not heard uh, from Merrick Garland yet. We have not heard from the FBI Director Christopher Wray, appointed by former President Trump. No question, though, in your mind, Dan Abrams, this went all the way to the top, all the way to Merrick Garland. No doubt. When you're talking about a search of the former president's home, his private residence, Absolutely. All the senior members of the Department of Justice would have been apprised of it and would have signed off on it up to Merrick Garland. You heard a lot, particularly from Republicans, but from some Democrats, too, saying we need to know something about this raid because it's so historic and unprecedented. Uh, Let me ask you, though, would Merrick Garland, would Christopher Wray move forward with something like this if they weren't really looking for something significant here. They had to know about this backlash, about the role this will play in history. Absolutely. We don't know exactly what they were looking for, and I don't think they're going to tell us, at least not for now. But it is impossible to believe that this was some sort of record-keeping issue, and that's what led uh, to this massive search. One has to believe that they were looking for something more substantive, more substantial, and that's why they were willing Uh, to take the backlash. That's why they were willing to accept the risk and the responsibility of something this monumental. An extraordinary waiting game. It could go on for weeks, months. Absolutely. See, that's the thing, folks, because this, it it goes right over into the the midterms. Now, I I want you to hear, this is the piece that Jonathan Carl did. It's great to have you with us here on a Tuesday night, and we begin tonight with new reporting here after that unprecedented FBI search at the home of former President Trump at Mar-a-Lago in Florida. Tonight, ABC News has learned that the FBI pulled the Secret Service just 45 minutes before they arrived, and then the Secret Service telling Mar-a-Lago staff just moments before those agents arrived. Sources telling ABC News the search is related to allegations the former president improperly removed documents when he left the White House. They were brought to Mar-a-Lago, including classified material, and it wasn't the first time federal agents had been to Mar-a-Lago, their first visit in the spring. We have learned tonight that it was a staff member at Mar-a-Lago who called Eric Trump, and Eric Trump who then called his father to tell him about the search. The former president was in New York, seen leaving Trump Tower last night, and tonight here the first words from the former president while calling into a political event, saying, another day in paradise. This is a strange day. Sources tell ABC News the Department of Justice had started a grand jury investigation in May about alleged mishandling of classified information. Tonight, heavily armed Secret Service agents stand guard the gates of Mar-a-Lago, and this evening, former President Trump issuing a new statement calling the search a horrible thing. 
tonight what we have now learned about how this unfolded, where they searched, and about pressure mounting on the Attorney General Merrick Garland and FBI Director Christopher Wray, appointed by former President Trump, to somehow explain this highly unprecedented raid. Dan Abrams is standing by on this, but we begin tonight with our Chief Washington Correspondent, Jonathan Carl, leading us off. We're learning new details about the FBI's extraordinary raid on Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago property in Palm Beach. Law enforcement sources tell ABC News that 45 minutes before the FBI showed up, the local FBI field office in Miami gave the Secret Service team in Mar-a-Lago a heads up. The sources say the Secret Service agents did not notify anybody on the Mar-a-Lago staff until just as the FBI agents were arriving. When they did arrive, the FBI agents were escorted into the property by the Secret Service. Sources close to Trump say the club's general manager then placed a call to Eric Trump, who alerted his father. Neither Trump nor any members of his family were there at the time. In his written statement, Trump said the agents, quote, even broke into my safe which Trump sources say is located in his office at Mar-a-Lago. Sources say the FBI remained at the property for most of the day. Other than his written statement, Trump's only public comment was a muted one when he called in for a Sarah Palin campaign event. Another day in paradise. This was a strange day. You probably all read about it. ABC News has learned this wasn't the first time federal law enforcement visited Mar-a-Lago on this matter. A smaller team of agents visited in the spring while Trump was there, met with his lawyers, and reviewed some documents. Since the raid, neither the Justice Department nor the FBI has made any comment. And the White House press secretary says President Biden knew nothing about it. The president was not briefed, did not, was not aware of it, no. No one at the White House was given uh, a heads up, no, that did not happen. When asked recently if former presidents are shielded from prosecution, Attorney General Merrick Garland said this. No person is above the law in this country. Nothing stops us. No, I don't know how to, to say that again. No person is above the law in this country. Republicans, meanwhile, are for the most part rallying around Trump and attacking the DOJ and FBI. Kevin McCarthy threatening the attorney general that he will be under investigation if Republicans win control of the House in November. You should never use the Justice Department on a political whim like this. And I think that's the real question that we're looking at. And former Vice President Pence criticized the, quote, unprecedented search and demanded Attorney General Garland give a full accounting. While DOJ has a policy of not commenting on ongoing investigations, Trump was given a copy of the warrant used by the FBI, which would explain the reasons for the raid. The former acting attorney general from the Obama administration called on him to release it. If you believe this is such an abuse, let us see the warrant and let us decide for ourselves. That's really interesting. Let's get right to John Carl again tonight, who reported on this as we were on the air in the West last night. John, two questions for you. A former President Trump out with a new statement tonight, calling this, as I mentioned at the top of the broadcast, a horrible thing. But I want to go back to your reporting there on the warrant. Does the former President Trump have the warrant, the former President Trump, listing some of what they were looking for in that point that was just made there? Could he release it uh, as part of an explanation if he wanted to? Uh, David, he does have it, and he absolutely could release it. There is nothing stopping him from doing so. The warrant would provide some details uh, on what they were looking for. It's not as detailed as the affidavit. There's an affidavit that would have been presented to the judge that would establish 
probable cause that a search would yield evidence of a crime. Trump has not seen that, but he most definitely does have the affidavit. Yeah, the affidavit would be much more detailed. I mean, he most definitely does have the warrant. The warrant, yes. We we follow you there, John. In the meantime, growing pressure on the Department of Justice and the FBI, really from both sides of the aisle tonight, to release something, some sort of explanation for this unprecedented raid. Yeah, this is coming not just from Republicans who are supportive of Trump. Uh, this is coming uh, from people that have been quite critical of Trump, including uh, Maryland Governor Larry Hogan, one of his most prominent Republican critics, is calling on the Biden administration to release all the documents uh, justifying this raid. And he offered a warning, David. Listen to what Larry Hogan said. He said, if the federal government cannot ultimately provide overwhelming evidence that actions were absolutely necessary, that it will only undermine faith in democracy and the rule of law and further divide Americans. So that warning coming from somebody who has been quite critical of Donald Trump. All right, John Carl. You know, that is, um, folks, and again, good afternoon at 138. I think, um, I think that is fair coverage. I think that now becomes an interesting equation of whether or not they'll release the warrant. So, boy, the Drudge Report is really going. I don't care what anyone says. I still check the Drudge Report several times a day. Uh, The Don pleads fifth. They're back to just calling him the Don. Trump flashback. If you're innocent, why are you taking the Fifth Amendment? Raid of the century, they're calling it. Ex-president fears agent planted stuff in Mar-a-Lago after nine-hour search. Lawyers rotate among inner circle as legal woes mount. There's speculation about a flipped aid. Hmm. There's a report an informer revealed what documents were hidden and where. Ghostwriter muses classified docs taken to sell. FBI searched Melania's wardrobe. Simmering threat of violence. Armed protesters planning to descend on Mar-a-Lago. Well, I think... They're going to keep this going through the fall. Here are some of the headlines, though. Biden approval rating highest in months. Why isn't he ever on TV? Hmm. Red wave, question mark. In Senate races, McConnell curbing enthusiasm. How Putin is pushing army bosses through meat grinder of death. I think the, um, you know, I'm also seeing this high ticket prices cast out on Springsteen's value and bond with fans. You know, I, I know that people going after Springsteen, going after Bruce for $5,000 ticket prices, but I want to, I'm going to differ from that. that. That's what some of the scalpers get. That's what the scalpers are getting. So if the scalpers are going to get that, and the whole business of tickets and scalping and whatever you want to call it. So why is he supposed to do the noble thing? You put something on sale, right? Someone grabs second row or first row or first five rows at a Springsteen show. So they put it on sale for whatever, $125, say, and then a scalper says, oh, good, I can sell them for 5000 5000 a pair. What, how is, 
Like, then, then, what's wrong with the artist saying, well, then I'll sell them for 5000 a pair or whatever it is? This is interesting, this business of a flipped aid. Trump world speculates about a flipped aid after the FBI search. Trump world is a buzz speculation about which close aid rates have flipped, providing additional sensitive information to the FBI. Trump's orbit is always an environment rife with mistrust and paranoia. Now that's intensified. Christina Bob, lawyer for Trump, told the Washington Post his lawyers held discussions this spring of a material held. Um, in details that seemed too novelistic to be true, a focal point of the search was the Mar-a-Lago basement. That is interesting. Trump's legal team searched through two to three dozen boxes in a basement storage area, hunting for documents that could be considered presidential records turned over several items. Trump's lawyers showed DOJ investigators the boxes they looked through the material. The investigators didn't, and we've already heard this, didn't think the storage unit was properly secured, so they added a lock. FBI agents broke through the lock during the search. So I'm hearing the same thing. I, again, it's um, this business of Trump's ghostwriter muses documents were taken to sell as memorabilia. An author who helped write one of his books theorized the reason been taken was to sell them for profit. We, we don't know that to be the case. They're just, and again, the word is musing. Eric Trump said his father typically saves documents, keeps extensive records of press clippings, pictures, notes from his children, letters from his ex-wife, and more. Records kept at the resort were collected by the National Archives. The agency said officials had obtained 15 boxes of records from Mar-a-Lago. Again, I would like to know, like many of you, what is it that was in the warrant? You know, someone sent me something interesting. I want to thank Bruce, who um, feels that it does have to do with January 6th. Something to do with January 6th. So, see, and, and I, I think it's also significant that even Larry Hogan is saying whatever they have they you know for there to be no comment on this just undermines because I hear from it I mean it does undermine completely people's faith in in what happened here so I'm looking at some headlines right now 144 on this Wednesday, Trump invokes Fifth Amendment in New York deposition, declined to answer questions by the New York Attorney General, a surprising gamble in the high-stakes legal interview. Well, I'm sure he was told to do that by his attorneys. We'll talk with our legal expert, Tim Dodd, tomorrow. Trump defended his decision a statement. The interview was a final step, civil inquiry into his business practices. Um... You know, it, it's just, it's difficult. Um, I'm also seeing another story. Can House of House of the Dragon be HBO's next Game of Thrones? Boy, I certainly hope so. 
be nice to have something new to watch on TV. I did watch the end of Better Call Saul. Um, I thought they did it. You know, listen, it, there's never an easy way to end a television program. Um, for older Americans, health bill will bring savings and peace of mind. Starting in 2025, Medicare recipients with prescription coverage will not have to pay more than 2000 for drugs. That is a big savings. Hunting for voter fraud. Conspiracy theorists organize stakeouts. You know, this is what I've been with people. An effort to surveil, do surveillance on drop boxes. Taking shape. Ten U.S. states. I've been having people tell me they're going to do it here. They're planning all-night Patriot tailgate parties for every drop box in America. They're focused now. Wow, I'm not going to discourage people about the the ballot drop boxes. I'm not going to discourage people from that. This does come from the film 2000 Mules. Um, (laughs) And there's a picture. Is that in Arizona? People sitting out and they're sitting around in chairs and they're having pizza and they're having a drop box party. Monitoring drop boxes to ballot, to catch illegal ballot harvesting. Now, as I have tried to explain to people, the practice is legal in some states like California, mostly illegal in battleground states like Georgia and Arizona. Now, again, what I want to explain to different people is the fact that in Rhode Island, it's legal. And people don't want to seem to recognize that. So... I've already heard people, you know, we got to get cameras and we're going to be watching. And in Rhode Island, we are the the Wild West as far as ballot harvesting. Ballot drop box options in all 50 states. I think they should get rid of them. Hey, if you can't vote on Election Day. Then, then, then you do a mail ballot. This because we're not we're not going to have legitimate elections, as I've said. Uh, I will cover if some people are going to start doing them locally. I wouldn't be surprised, but the people when I talk to them, they don't even know why they're going to be out there. I don't want to discourage them, though. Hear me out. I don't want to discourage people because the drop boxes, and I try to explain to people, I'm not going to discourage them, as a matter of fact. Um, because any attention that comes onto them, in my mind, is a positive. It's a positive. But what people don't understand is in Rhode Island, people, the campaigns can collect ballots. It's wrong. It shouldn't happen. And now... The entire election is built around that. It's not good for democracy. So I think it is funny, though, that they're talking about these national. Um, Captain K, a former U.S. Army in July, states like Arizona, all night Patriot tailgate parties. Every drop box in America, the post received 70,000 views. 
galvanizing people in at least nine other states. See, that's this business now. The people, they just, we're going to sit and watch. But I try to explain to people, if at three in the morning, this starts for next Wednesday, two weeks from today. At three in the morning, if people from the Nellie Gorbea campaign go up to a drop box and drop 1,000 ballots, they ha- in Rhode Island, that's how crazy it is. They haven't broken the law. It's allowed. It shouldn't be allowed. Massachusetts, Connecticut, you can't do that. Rhode Island, you can. It's wrong. Carly Lake, the Trump-endorsed Republican candidate for governor, asked followers on Twitter that they'd be willing to take a shift watching a drop box to catch potential ballot mules. Watch how this is going to explode around our um, area, as a matter of fact. Put a ring door camera on every drop box. It, it would not matter simply because people think that the rules don't apply here. Um, but we're going to um, put a ring doorbell camera on every Dropbox. As I've said, you're going to film some. Now, someone that I had on the, I had a caller on the program, was it a week ago or two weeks ago, that said, now they think that they're printing ballots somewhere and dropping those in. Now, that is different. I also, I have not heard of any evidence of that. Zero evidence of that. You know what? I'll, I'll have Frank Ritchie on the program. He's going to the Board of Elections and watch as they go through. That part I don't agree. I don't think. I've already explained, folks. The le- legality of monitoring boxes is hazy. Laws governing supervision of polling places. Different across states mostly have adopted ballot boxes. Um, it is, you know, ballot harvesting is illegal in Georgia and Arizona. I wish it was illegal in Rhode Island. At least Mass and Connecticut, you can't drop off. Someone can't handle more than 10 ballots, I believe. But the talk's been egged on by 2,000 mules. Documentary, Dinesh D'Souza. He was leaps of logic, evidence, claim. Army of partisan mules traveled between ballot boxes and stuffed them with fraudulent votes. Documentary proved popular in the Republican campaign trail eager novel ways to keep doubts about the 2020 election alive. Ballot mules have quickly become a central character in full stories. Between November 2020 and the first reference in 2000 mules, which uh, first came out on Twitter in January of this past year, the term ballot mules came up 329 times. Since then, listen to this, between November to January, the term ballot mules came up 329 times since that movie came out. It has surfaced 326,000 times on Twitter. 63% of the time alongside discussion of the documentary. Salem claimed that the film earned more than 10 million. Um, I, I, I am... In June, Arizona lawmakers approved a budget that included 500000 for a pilot program for ballot box monitoring. Now, they have 16 boxes, be around-the-clock photo, video surveillance. Rhode Island, we have way too many boxes. We shouldn't have any. Put it in the mail. Remember, they have them to avoid the charge of mail fraud. 
That's all it is, is to avoid the charge of mail fraud. Now, folks, right now at 153, good afternoon. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Stop in and see them. 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Delicious food, drinks, sit out on the deck. Nice, comfortable out there today. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. So, it's not your imagination. President Trump is suddenly dominating the news. And he's dominating all of the news, as a matter of fact. So I'm looking at this headline. Trump says he took the Fifth Amendment in New York civil investigation. Afforded to him. Uh, Mar-a-Lago search sparks questions about President Trump's potential legal peril. It is one story after another. And you just wonder if, in fact, it's whether or not it's all by design. I would say part of it is, as a matter of fact, by design. Um, I know I don't think it's a. Um, they they want him front and center for the midterms. I also want to commend Dan McGowan's piece, a cowardly political strategy in Rhode Island, skipping high profile de- 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 debates. Lieutenant Governor Sabina Met. As I've said, I don't think she's qualified. She wasn't even elected. I don't think she is fit for office. I don't think she has proven herself fit for office. Um, She may win. She may win that primary. She may win that primary. But I don't think that... um Oh, okay. So somebody did go out. Let's see. Uh, Patriot front stickers in town. Da da da. Stop the one three one. So there were some. Oh, okay. Some people that went outside. Oh, there's brother Gary. <laughs> I recognize him. The uh, Gary he courthouse today. For uh, nationalists for pretrial. They were no show, and the case was continued. So Brother Gary was out there. There he is. Good morning, brother. Is that it? Um, handful of you know, the last two months. Um, but but nothing, uh, they were apparently went on in court. I don't recognize some of these other individuals. They had a couple people there to protest against them. Looks like a speaker in a sound system. Protesters from Rhode Island and Boston, one, two, three, four, five, six, wait outside court for two Rhode Island members of the National Socialist Club, 131, due for a pretrial. There were no show, and the case was continued. So I don't know what to uh, make of that. So there is, good morning, brother. There's Brother Gary, who was out there. Um, I'm glad I didn't go. I was almost going to go to this. Because we thought there were going to be some other protesters there. But it turned out to be a non-event. Total non-event. You know what's interesting, folks, is, you know, and as we've talked about, uh, as much as people don't like it, they're they're, they're not. There was a good article in the Boston Globe uh, 
that obviously, listen, no one likes this socialist, nationalist, whatever they are, 131 organization. But if they go somewhere and they don't make any racket, then they're not breaking the law. So, and it seems that the progressives want something done to basically say that they can't protest at all, that they should not be allowed to protest at all. But that's, as we've talked about with our legal expert attorney, Tim Dodd, one of the best examples was when the Nazis marched in Skokie, Illinois, which then became part of the lure with the the Blues Brothers uh, film. And um, and the, the ACLU defended their right to march there. So, oh, it's the Nationalist Socialist Club 131. But they didn't show up. So, But they had a small number of protesters. All right, folks, at 158 now, Governor McKee, as I said, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. It is Wednesday. It is August 10th. Coming up at 2 o'clock, the big story nationally of the day is President Trump took the fifth in a civil case he's involved in with the Attorney General of New York. But that's obviously making headlines. President Trump, suddenly since Monday night, now right now it's 159 on Wednesday, and President Trump is just dominating the headlines, which seemingly is what exactly what the Democrat Party wants to enable them for the midterms. So now, could be a little early. I think it'd be a little tough to keep this momentum you know, going, if not impossible, but they're certainly dominating right now. All right, I, I encourage you to visit the website to petro.com. We have a lot of video up of what happened on Block Island. And then also, folks, uh, you can also visit the shop there if you want to reach me and get a hold of me. And we will be doing Facebook Live later. It's John DePietro. Listen, enjoy this Wednesday. I'm glad that the heat wave has come to an end. Uh, Everyone, enjoy your Wednesday. We're back tomorrow. We'll have our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Stay tuned. WNRI, Winsocket. W260DC. WNRI.